Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Mark Stone says this VGK team feels disrespected. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick from Las Vegas. You could find us. I'm at Tony Dasco. He is at TD Chris G. We are at Locked On VGK on Twitter. And please, please, please subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel that is Locked On VGK. We're brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before, bet online where the game starts. So, Chris, you know we haven't really had a lot of time to discuss this uh, topic yet. Recently, Gary Lawless interviewed VGK captain Mark Stone, who said on uh, this uh, NHL.com feature that over the summer in Canada, people told Stone that the Golden Knights team just flat out sucks. He said that the team feels disrespected and he knows VGK has to prove that they're right, uh, right there with uh, the other contenders this upcoming season. Stone saying that there were some changes with all the, the team has done over the to- uh, this past summer and the off season, but he still feels that they could compete at this highest level. And all of a sudden, according to Stone, they are the David and not the Goliath. It's very dramatic. And, you know, Chris, you know, I want to get your thoughts on perhaps what Mark Stone is saying, um, some of his comments and the way that perhaps it could be affecting this team. And we've heard a lot of talk over the offseason. But is this something that will motivate the team coming into season number six? This is something that I hit on with the show that aired yesterday from our um not friends. They're 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 shark people, they're not friends for our co-workers that we politely exchange pleasantries with in the uh, break room. That, that's how we can ex- ex- explain that. Um, but no, I did mention yesterday with Lockdown Sharks that I do feel this team, this is the real chip on their shoulder type type of team. Um, I did mention that I didn't buy into the season one theory about the misfits in the sense that all these players were upset that they were not um, – held on to or exposed, if you will, in the expansion draft and ultimately went to the Golden Knights. I don't feel that there was this anger amongst the room. And I mean, all these players that were on the Golden Knights, they weren't exactly at the time, you know, line one and line two type top tier players. It was a bunch of line three players that overachieved, if you will, in the words of uh, Kelly McCrimmon, which led to an unsustainable team. But Now, fast forward to season number six, I do buy into the fact that there is a chip on the shoulder of everybody in that locker room, whether they were on the team only for last season or for the last five seasons since day one, or the new people joining the team and, you know, Phil Kessel in a sense. I mean, we can start with Phil Kessel, right? He had two years in Arizona where he was just forgotten. He was forgotten. Call it what it is. Outside of people, you know, relentlessly uh, firing the hot dog jokes and, you know, asking what hot dog stand he's going to hang out at once he comes to Las Vegas. You know, Kessel also fits that mold that he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. So I'm buying into what Stone is saying. I'm buying into the fact that there's an anger over last season. And I'm buying into the fact that the rest of the NHL is basically, 
you know, kind of mocking the Golden Knights and making up for uh, the first four years of success. And it finally happened in season five where he didn't do well. So everyone's finally saying, I told you so. So it's not contrived. It's not contrived in your opinion. You think that this is legit and that they do honestly have a chip on their shoulder. And the one thing that Stone said, you know, he said he believes in this team, the guys, the leadership. There's a lot of leaders, as we know, on this team. Uh, will there be followers that are going to follow in their, their steps? I think that's a question. But he said that he likes the grit of this team. Mike, can I ask you what grit? Um, I mean, grit can come in different ways. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the Ryan Reeves knock you into the first row uh, with someone eating nachos, as Alec Martinez would state. Um, grit can come just basically making it hard for parts of the ice to be earned. And, you know, someone like William Carlson can even do something like that. Or, you know, a March or so is probably the grittiest player that this team has. And that can certainly be infectious in the locker room. Is this team going to have the physicality of some of the previous teams that we've had? I don't necessarily buy into that. Um, But that's really where line four needs to be a true line four energy type line. Not necessarily very physical, just an energy line. An energy line means hitting everything that moves. It means making it tough to, you know, have entries and cross the blue line and just be very tough to play against. And then, if line four can lead the way, I hope Cassie doesn't start line four every game. God, please don't do that. But going past that, I certainly think that can be infectious amongst the locker room, the bench, and everything else. Is it going to be uh, the Ryan Reeves or Tom Wilson or any other big heavyweight crushing people? Of course not. But we can still have a very gritty team that's tough to play against. So let me get this straight. So Mark Stone is in Tim Hortons getting his coffee, right, and his uh, poutine uh, there in the morning. And people come up to him and just go, your team sucks. I just don't know how all this fits into the narrative. If people were just blasting him because of the Golden Knights, because of their dislike of the Golden Knights, perhaps, you know, in Canada, who knows. But Mark Stone also said, I had to get Tim Hortons in the shout out there. Uh, But Mark Stone also, you know, had mentioned that the back injury was not one of those injuries where you could just rehab and get back on the ice. We knew that it was serious enough to where he had to have surgery. It required surgery. So I just, I'm still wondering when we're going to see him on the ice for VGK. When will he be back in action and playing for this team? You know, I would like to hope that there's some decency left in the in the world, and sports is a very minor thing when it comes to that. But what I mean when I say that is, I hope that there's people not simply walking up to professional athletes, dogging them like that. But, you know, I, I see it. I mean, just go on social media, go on Facebook, go on TikTok, go on any type of platform that you possibly can. And, you know, people do confront athletes in all sorts of strange settings and they do say weird things to them. A lot more probably on social media where there's not the direct contact, I would assume in Stone in Stone's case, at least. But you know, who knows what is being said when he's talking to his fellow players around the league and things like that. They might just be given feedback about how they feel about the Golden Knights. And, you know, the other side of this, we do mention players can be calculated and what they say through the media and stuff like that. Stone might just be uh, making some captain comments right now, trying to rally the troops a little bit. Back to the injury situation. I mean, yeah, this is certainly a weird one. It's a back injury. 
I know what it's like to have small back problems as a very, very, very low, 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 low level amateur athlete that puts on the skates a couple times a week without the best doctors in the world treating me every single day. Um, you know, you magnify that now at Mark Stone's level, who's played however many games it's been for however many uh, decades it's been going back to his childhood. So it's all adding up and such. And it came to a, it came to a wall, it came to a head, if you will, last season. And hopefully he has found a way to rehab it and whatever rehab that means. And, you know, the hope is that he's here day one. That's the hope. The reality is he may not be here day one. And if he's not here day one, I'm okay with that because he needs to be here when he's ready. We need to get a good 60, 65, 70 games out of our leader because really I point to Stone's injury last season when everything went down the drain for us. Yeah, the one thing that concerns me, it's okay to have a chip on your shoulder. I'm just concerned if they get too frustrated, if that's something that spills over onto the ice, if they get uh, too frustrated where – you know, they're just taking shots at other players or what have you. Don't you uh, want that, very... though, Tony? Because you, you've been on the team for a long time about about the lack of it. Maybe a game like that, to, you know, that brawl type of, of game. And sorry, sorry to cut you off there, but maybe, no. that just, maybe that just crazy game where they play loser hockey and just beat the living crap out of the other team for a little bit. Maybe they need I'm that. Okay you know, that. when the Kings come to town, you know, or something like that, or the Sharks, we're going to talk about them later, what the Friday, but – you know, something that type of game where the guys are all kind of chuckling in the locker room after the game, the coach comes in and just, you know, undresses you because you lost six to one. But, you know, the other team left with a couple broken noses and stuff. Maybe that, you know, like the, the baseball bench clearing brawl that brings a team together in uh, in early September. You know what I mean? OK, I'm down with that. And hopefully it <laughs> happens early in the season and yes. sets the tone in that. Matter. Stone doesn't hurt his back again in the process. <laughs> OK, uh, coming up next, Chris wants to know what fans are most excited about for season six. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net, the fastest and the easiest way to check out all of your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games. Find reviews and news for each and every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. They have golf at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered across the board. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is going on today. Bet Online where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first choice, your first listen each and every day. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. And make sure to please subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown VGK. So Chris Golick wants to know what fans are most excited about heading into Season 6. And don't tell me it's all about those new reverse retro uniforms <laughs> there was not one comment so um i did put a comment or a, or a tweet out last night in the evening just asking the fans what are you most excited about and uh, of course matt jackson 21 just has to start off with a weird person holding a hot dog saying <laughs> kessel destroying people with his yeah moving forward from there um mj again the hot dog man cometh Proving the haters wrong. This is from uh, Internet Stranger, E underscore Rick 11. Prove the haters wrong. Okay, fine. I like that. Uh, uh, I can't get the whole name here, but Las Vegas Sports Capital, some type of uh, 
of a um, media person, a healthy roster, fine. I don't know if I'm, this one's going to happen from a perfect gamer, uh, seeing Korzak, Dean, and Cormier on the roster. Maybe Cormier, maybe we'll see. Maybe Korzak, well, I don't know about that. Um, and then, of course, here comes the Jack Eichel comments, and someone wants to see Braswan go crazy too. So I- I'm with all of that. Um, the center ice logo, if you want to see the center ice logo, just go to City National or a lifeguard right now if you want to do that. But um, what I'm most excited about is the unknown. Um, I- I've alluded to this a couple of different times, and I'm excited for the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to lead this team. I don't know what new storylines are going to emerge. After season one, we knew that this team was going to be competitive. We knew, you know, by the moves that McCrimmon, McPhee, and Foley were were making, this team was going to do everything they could to put a Stanley Cup contending roster out there. Uh, season six, notwithstanding to that, season six, they are still being aggressive. It's been a strange offseason due to the salary cap constraints that this team did experience last year. But our season six roster is still extremely solid. I do believe it is very deep as far as the veteran leadership goes with the right mix of young talent waiting in the event uh, things A, need to be shaken up or B, the more likely of the two injuries. And the same goes for the defensive side as well. A lot of good veterans. Um, Nick Hague, we'll see what happens there, of course. That's another unknown, I guess, that I'm not looking forward to seeing play out unless uh, it gets him signed in the next five days so he can report to camp when it starts. So I'm looking forward to the unknown. I'm looking forward to not necessarily the stuff we're expecting, but the unknown storylines like Logan Thompson. What's lo- what's going to happen with Logan Thompson on the def- on for the goaltending side? Is he going to rise to the occasion? He's presumably going to be the starter. It's not locked in because Aiden Hill is going to try to give him a run, obviously, in camp. So let's see how LLT responds to that. Will uh, LB be back? Will Aiden Hill be the one starting 60 games? Um, you know, will Stone, uh, will his back... Uh, only have him on the ice for 20 games or will he be out there for 75 80 games like we don't know folks and that's what I'm excited for I haven't had this feeling about the team really since season one and you go back and you think about all the emotions that you experienced in season one from the unknown and wondering you know how long it was going to take for this team to fold if you will and you know you kept uh like kind of like using the horse race theory you kept getting, you got to the quarter pole, you got to, you got halfway through the race, you got to the three quarters pole and the team kept doing well, you know, so that's kind of just the same thing that I'm looking forward to is the emotion, the unknown. This team could finish first in the Pacific. They could finish sixth in the Pacific. I could make a case for every single position. This team could win the Stanley cup. This team could be a first round exit. They could be out of the playoff hunt by February. I can also make an argument for all of those. And For me as a fan, forget the media side. This is nothing. This is just me talking, you know, with a bunch of uh, people who enjoy uh, talking VGK hockey here. I'm looking forward to just not knowing what's going to happen. And I think it's going to be a great ride this season. And uh, we had a comment from Steve underscore W5. What he's most excited about, the revenge tour. Make people cry, especially the media clickbaiters. One idiot stated on a pod that Seattle would win a Stanley Cup before Vegas. Let's see how that plays out. I like that one. That's a really good take. Um, I'd be careful because VGK almost did that to a lot of other teams. (laughs) But, yeah, I hear you. (laughs) Yeah. Us versus the effing world. Is that going to be? It's going to be on a shirt. It's going to be on a shirt. Whether whether (laughs) whether the uh, VGK puts it out there or some random T-shirt hawker outside. But that's going to be. 
That'll, that'll, I'm surprised it's, it'll it's probably out there already on Facebook. It's probably yeah. out there already. I thought I saw that. I, I, yeah, I did see a T-shirt or two out at the softball game uh, that was homemade. Uh, I, I'm very <laughs> excited to see a full season of Jack Eichel. I think yes. that excites me the most. I really yes. would want to see him on the ice as an everyday player. And God willing, you know, he's healthy throughout the course of the season. I'm also excited about this coaching staff and the new system. I really am intrigued at what this new system will, will look like. And uh, Will Nickel, the director of player personnel, met the media yesterday, you know, and he was talking about uh, some of the new system that they've already integrated into the rookie camp. That answers one of our questions. Will we mm-hmm. see some of what Bruce Cassidy is going to be running this upcoming season through these rookie games this upcoming weekend? Now, now, and, now's a good time to go to the national folks. <laughs> yeah. In small doses, we're, we're going to see it. Are you excited about that or the new system? Sure. I mean, anything that can give us a glimpse into what this team is going to look like is exciting. And, you know, just a, a change of guard, right? A new a new coach. Every single player now wants to prove their worth. They want to prove themselves so they can get more ice time. And, you know, there's people that were probably pretty comfortable when when DeBoer was around. I'd start with Max Pacioretty, but Pacioretty made weird comments on the way out. So I have no clue how much Pacioretty even liked him or not. But point being is just the motivation of new blood in the house should certainly lead to motivation by itself right there. So which I have to ask you, which Golden Knight would be able to do this the best? So um, we saw the first uh, pitch that they had uh, there from the pitcher's mound in Minnesota, and it was Alex uh, Goligoski, Alex Goligoski, who took the wrist shot from the pitcher's mound and actually with a puck put it in the strike zone. Angel Hernandez would have called it a ball, but it was a strike. It was a strike. Joe uh, West so, would have would have made so, it about him and waited 14 seconds to make the call too, and, and wrote and written a country song about it. So, other than outside of uh, William Carlson with his 50 cent impression, because there's no oh, way he would have oh, hit the catch. So goal. bad. Oh, that's so bad. There's no, no way. So who who best would have been able to hit the wrister right there into the catcher's mitt? With Shea a Theater. Shea Theater. So he's the most accurate. You That's believe. the first one that came. I did wait a second, and I, I had in my mind the first one that came to me, I was just going to fire it out. And I think Shea Theodore, because he is extremely accurate from the point with his shot, with, okay. with his wrist shot. With his wrist shot, he is very accurate from the wait point. Wait a second. Not Mark Stone trying to hit some items in the Bellagio pond? No, that was awful. He missed everything. That <laughs> I think was, he finished in last. That, that was a skills so competition bad. event was horrible. That was the worst one, right? And they were getting hit with the mist. It's freezing outside. Coming up next, we've got What the Friday. You don't want to miss it. What about VGK this week made you say, what the? We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Yeah, I I think I started that segment, uh, the What the Friday last segment. Uh, Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick here in Las Vegas on a Friday edition And on Monday, we'll have a recap of everything that happened in the rookie games in San Jose this weekend. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast and Locked On VGK on YouTube. You got to check it out, folks. Get a chance to see our mugs early in the day. So I'm going to let you start off with what the Friday is something good or bad that happened, transpired with the VGK organization that made you say what in the like what in the world is going on here or what the 
Friday. I will back up your comment. Just WTF. This is, a, this is a sub WTF. What the Friday coming up and this, you started, Tony, so you got me thinking back about that All-Star competition. Um, me and my son, we were at the uh, All-Star Skills competition this past uh, January, February, January, at T-Mobile, whatever it was. And the event was fun. It was cool seeing all players up close in warm-ups and the mascot game and all the competitions. But then they cut away for two, not one, but two things. One, the first thing was the the mister on the Blagio fountain and all that. And then the worst one was the one where they were shooting the pucks through the the cards like playing blackjack on the strip that was In just such a paris yeah it was, was such awful. a buzzkill such a buzzkill so a sub small what the friday for the nhl for that uh for that clown show but uh my what the friday it's not necessarily something that happened recently or anything like that but we run with uh jd young from lockdown of san jose sharks uh the show aired yesterday we recorded the night before and uh, listen nice guy i enjoyed it, it's always fun talking with other teams no matter who they are but Right away, if you watch the first, I don't know, first 12 seconds, right away, it's when I forgot who the shark was that beat us that game. But when that single-handedly, that play single-handedly crushed the dreams of the Golden Knights and everything. And, like, Sharks fans, what the Friday is for you? It's for the Sharks fans that are just still so excited about when VGK uh, experienced not a major in our season two or when uh, the Sharks pretty much eliminated us from playoff contention this past season. I mean, just get over. I think they're more hooked on that, Tony, than Pete DeBoer is on being the former VGK coach. Another Sharks connection as well there, I guess. So what the Friday for the Sharks fans who have nothing else to be excited about besides winning one game against the Golden Knights in the last 14 or 15 regular season tries or that still go around banging the drum about not the major. I got over not a major 24 hours after it happened, folks. I acknowledge the fact that Gerard Gallant is the reason not a major happened and the reason that the Golden Knights did not advance. It was not because of the penalty, not because of that. I got over that, and I think most VGK fans are are over it too. But the Sharks fans, man, you guys are so happy about not a major and beating <laughs> us in one random Monday night game that hurt our playoff chances. So. Sharks fans, what the Friday for you? Get over it. Find a hobby. Okay. Uh, from uh, one of our listeners slash viewers, Timothy Hansford. Hey, Timothy, you're awesome. I love all your hey, stuff. That's Timothy. it. He said, hey, that's it. And I want to I want to get into what the uh, Nick Hague. Okay. So I want to get going on this one because Kelly McCrimmon made a promise. He said the biggest priority after the signing, I think it was the Phil Kessel signing or was it Aiden Hill? One of those two. After they had those signings, he said... That was Aiden Hill because that was first. Okay, so he said the number one priority now is to sign Nick Haig, the RFA, to a new deal before camp starts. Do you remember those words? Uh, (laughs) I I, I, I haven't seen execution, but I remember the words. Right. So, again, the eyebrows are moving around. They're doing whatever they do. And I just feel like he lied to the VGK public once again. And I just felt that, you know, again, there's nothing settled, nothing settled. Uh, And last week we learned that there's been no dialogue between VGK and camp Nick Haig since early July. So now that's two months, two months of just a stalemate and nothing happening, but this is a priority for VGK. Why would yeah, I'm with you, Tony. I don't know how much I buy into either side being truthful. 
again, the media at times we, I'd say we, but people, they don't talk to us, but you know, media who does get the opportunity to talk to the players and maybe one of these days, maybe one of these days we'll get to do that. But for the media that does have the opportunity to talk to the players and the agents and all of that, I do believe they are used as a media, if you will, to get their messages out. And it's all calculated. We really learned about that with uh, good old Elaine Walsh. Uh, the, that's uh, Mark Andre Fleury's agent and everything and the way he talks through the media about his players or the stuff that he puts out there. So that could be both sides trying to work it a little bit because McCrimmon comes out and says, Hey, it's a priority, right? It's a priority. And then then Nick Hague's camp says, well, we haven't talked much a whole lot about, you know, we we don't, we don't know what's really happening there. I would, I would not buy into the fact that an offer hasn't been made to this point. I guarantee there's been an offer at some point. I don't, I can't see VGK just not offering and waiting it out. That, that makes no sense. You have to make an offer. They have to, they have to make the offer. There right? has to make, there has Initially. to be a qualifying offer of some sort. Correct. And, you know, this thing isn't going to drag out. I do think VGK finds a way, but it would be incredibly irresponsible if it did last, you know, into the season. And if for some weird reason, Nick Haig comes out of this making more money than Zach Whitecloud, then I think, a VGK got desperate and just rolled over, and B, I think Nick Hague's and his camp are being a little bit greedy in the sense that he's not worth two point seven five million when you have Zach Whitecloud, who is making two point seven five million. So if he's trying to come out of this as a three or four million dollar defenseman with injury trouble, no. <laughs> then what the Friday we go to Nick Hague then if that's the case? <laughs> okay, my what the Friday has to do with Jack Eichel. A number of players were in town from throughout the NHL uh, this past week, uh, shooting some commercials and uh, what have you features. Right here in Henderson, yeah. Right here in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, but one of the uh, the comments from Eichel was that he hasn't found the equivalent restaurant to chefs in Buffalo. And he just said he doesn't think there's some good restaurants here, but he doesn't think there's any on par with that Italian restaurant. My what the we have Friday for, for Jack would have to be, again, we, okay, great. They have a legendary Buffalo restaurant called Chef's. But what about Piero's? And what about Carbone's? And what about Ferraro's? And what about Capo's? And what about Sinatra's? And what about the bootlegger? Get out, Jack Eichel, okay? Go and enjoy Italian food here in our city. What the Friday? They have a, in Syracuse, a dinosaur barbecue. I thought that was pretty good. I would put that above like some of our local uh, barbecue establishments out here. But as far as the Italian stuff, I mean, I don't know. We have Olive Garden. I'm cool with that. (laughs) Hey, come on. No, no disrespect, man. Come on. And then, you know, someone was mentioning for what the Friday that without a goon, VGK is going to get beat up again like last season. And they said that our identity, who said it? Someone said our, our, our identity is glass jaw. <laughs> That's the identity of this team. What the Friday? That, that is very good. That However, you know, one player that could make that jump, you know, we've been asked over the last week about a player that could be uh, making that jump. Who would that be? And I was just seeing some of the comments out of rookie camp uh, this last week about Caden Korzak putting on 14 pounds of muscle. What the Friday? This guy hit the weights. He so, wasn't hitting chefs. He was yeah, hitting the weights. Funny. That's pretty funny. Um, I, I'm careful about reading into that and, and being a great thing. So uh, Cody Glass, everyone at VGK knows about Cody Glass. He was our our first 
draft pick that in team history, I believe first draft pick in team history and first season when he finally got a chance to put the NHL level, he was okay. He was not solid, but he was around. He was okay. And then the following season, he puts on eight, 10, 12, 14 pounds, just like Korzak and of all muscle, of course, but he regressed. It seemed like, I don't know if it's a coordination thing when you change that large of a percentage of your body weight versus adding muscle and things like that. So sure, I guess on paper, it sounds fun to talk about and everything, but we've been down this road with Cody glass. I'm not necessarily comparing the two as a side by side, but you know, show me, I'm not going to buy into that as being anything of notes until it transpires to productivity on the ice. Okay. Any big plans this weekend for the Golic family? We're going to, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, we're going to Chicago next week. So I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to be on PTO next week. Not okay. starting Thursday, starting Thursday. We had a, unfortunately there was a, a death in the family. So we're going to take a trip Sorry back home to Chicago. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm selfishly, you know, we're, we're making a vacation out of it too, back home to Chicago. So I'm excited about, about that side of it, seeing some family, some friends, and obviously, uh, you know, paying our respects and stuff like that too. But otherwise this weekend, no, I'm going to be grinding, selling, uh, selling hockey cards all weekend, folks. We yeah, still got to do that. Still, I got to have to do a segment on, about that. The show. Yeah, we do want to do that. There's just been so much news. Yeah. And while you're in, okay, a little experiment for you. While you're in Chicago, wear your VGK gear and see if anyone says to you, VGK sucks. I, I just will. want to. We, well, what we if I wear my, hold on, you guys can see it. Uh, hold on. I got Right there. What if I wear my flurry jersey with the half VGK, half Blackhawks? Then you half suck. Oh, if I only half suck, that, that that's improvements. <laughs> yeah, busy weekend here in Vegas. I've got the UNLV football game on Saturday, the Raider game on Sunday. Life is beautiful downtown. Ooh. And we've got the rookie games that I'm going to watch live streams. So. UNLV, are they in Allegiant tomorrow on Saturday? Yeah, they're at Allegiant. And then they're going to flip the field. Of course, uh, the UNLV Rebels, uh, they play on AstroTurf. Then they slide in the grass tray for the Raiders on Sunday. Yep. And the Aces play game four on Sunday up yes. against the Raiders. At the same time, oh, WNBA, what the against Friday? The sky? Well, what the, no. well, no, because they go up against in the time slot. Oh, up against I'm the sorry. Raiders. Good, good call, Tony. So, so Mark Davis doesn't know. I think he's going to be midway between Connecticut and Allegiant Stadium and then can take a quick and easy flight to celebrate. I, I don't know what he's going to do. But, yeah, the WNBA, what the Friday, scheduling games against the NFL. Are you kidding me? You, you stinking kidding me. For my man, Chris Galling, <laughs> I'm Tony Cardasco. We thank you all for tuning in. Have a great weekend ahead, and we'll see you on Monday right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.